Silver Cornerstone presents Kingdom Culture in Present Day, an open discussion of the mysteries of Christ with our speakers, Angela Broussard and Bethany Mize. Well, hello and welcome to Silver Cornerstone. My name is Angela Broussard, and you've stepped into our very first podcast ever. You're going to have the opportunity in our podcast journey to get to know the teaching ministry of Jesus Christ through myself and my daughter, Bethany Mize, and I'm so glad that you've decided to join us. This podcast series will journey all of us into the depths of the Word of God and kingdom culture as Jesus expresses himself as King of Kings in the earth. On this episode, I'm going to invite you in to our very first Bible study group podcast discussion that was held with much joy and delight as we are figuring this podcast thing out. Come in. Let's join the conversation. I was recently inspired by the Lord to start up blogging again, and I needed a place to begin housing uh, the teaching ministry of Jesus that he expresses through me. And I had an encounter um, shortly after my husband died in 1999. Actually, I had a miracle. I didn't have an encounter. I had a miracle, mm-hmm. a tremendous miracle. We had a miracle. And one piece of that was that I had been driving, uh, coming back from a spirit-filled conference in Natchez, Mississippi, and two huge deer jumped out in front of me. And of course, one of them I collided with, and it totaled the van that I and my four children used as our daily transportation. And I had no idea. I had a friend with me at the time that was traveling. I had no idea how I was going to um, (laughs) handle my next because I was a widow with four children. And um, while father was already providing for me, I certainly didn't know how I was going to handle bringing a vehicle into our lives. Well, miraculously, a vehicle was provided as a God gift. To me, it was a luxury vehicle. It was a luxury vehicle at the time. I'd never owned anything so gloriously beautiful. Had leather seats. It fit all of us. Uh, it It was a treasure. It was a treasure. And I wanted to give honor to God because of that vehicle. And I was standing in the shower the day I was supposed to go to the tag office. And I said, Father, I would really like to give honor to you through this vehicle. And immediately the Lord said, I am your provider. And I said, yes, I know. He said, well, call me by my name. (laughs) And I said, oh, well, you are Jehovah Jireh. You're Jehovah Jireh. (laughs) Well, being the teacher I am, I knew that the Israeli culture would uh, circumvent the name of the great I am to the Tetragrammatron 
and they would slice and dice his name. And I don't mean any disrespect by that, but Yehovah became yod Hey vod Hey, And that's where we get the four letters uh, that make up his name. And so I knew all the places in Psalms where the Hebrew scholars had taken the name of Jehovah, Yehovah, the I am, and had diced it or, or brought it down just to a couple of syllables. And so in one particular Psalm, they call Yehovah Yah. Yah rides upon the clouds of majesty. I haven't thought about this in, in so long. But they spell it J-A-H. Well, it was already a derivative of an entire name. So I knew that I had creative license from Father, and I took J-A-H, I believe it's in Psalm 68, and I sliced it down <laughs> to J-A, and I crunched J-A up next to Jira, J-I-R-E-H, and I made the word, the name of God, Jajira, <laughs> Jehovah Jira. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and it is on my license plate to this day. So if you see me speeding, please forgive me. I will <laughs> repent. <laughs> but it was so palpable that morning. Like I asked and he answered and I went to the tag office. And of course, no one had Jajira, right? No one. They're saying, how do you spell that? J-A-J-I-R-E-H. <laughs> Jehovah Jireh, the Lord, my provider, or the Lord who provides, or the provision is there. So here I am stepping into this new endeavor. And Lord, what am I going to call this? And the Lord immediately took me through the journey of where I've been the last few years, where he has taught me and cultivated within me new nuances of the complex, beautiful folds that are involved in covenant. And I'm looking at Ivy right now because <laughs> Ivy's been on his own journey and we've shared a lot of that, but uh, covenant. And I went, well, what is it about the covenant that is important to me? And so I'm going to read to you out of Isaiah 28. Um, it's actually two parts. Verse 14 says, Hear the word of the Lord, O you scoffers, who rule this people who are in Jerusalem, because you have said, we have made a covenant with death, and with Sheol we have made a pact. The overwhelming scourge will not reach us when it passes by, for we have made falsehood our refuge, and we have concealed ourselves with deception. Therefore, Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am laying in Zion a stone, a tested stone, a costly cornerstone for the foundation firmly placed, and he who believes in it will not be disturbed. 
and I will make justice the measuring line and righteousness the level. And then hail shall sweep away the refuge of lies and the waters shall overflow the secret place. And your covenant with death shall be canceled and your pact with Sheol shall not stand. When the overwhelming scourge passes through, then you become its trampling place. <clears throat> so in these few verses, <coughs> we see Father overturn prophetically the covenant with death that is made through the usurper of who God is. And he does it in, in absolutely amazing language. But we see that the covenant of death is a covenant of falsehood and lies and deception. But the covenant, the cornerstone of the covenant, is one that is laid in justice and in righteousness. Well, that immediately took me to the action of silver in the scripture, where silver is made purified by the refining fire when the dross comes up. But when it is tried, it is valuable. So all through scripture, you can see silver as a symbolic representation of this righteousness talked about right here in Isaiah 28. The cornerstone, when the blood of Jesus was shed upon the, the uh, cornerstone of the covenant, as it were, it was so purifying that it brought a covenant of righteousness. And so silver co cornerstone was born. Um, I could say a few other things about that, but that's part of the journey as, as we will talk through this podcast about covenant. I'm sure there are going to be many things come up about covenant because it's really everything rises and falls on covenant. Everything. Um, everything rises and falls on covenant. So the key is to know which covenant are you attached to or which covenant is trying to attach itself to you. <laughs> um, so that's how the name was born. And Bethany, I know I could see you were moved by the memory of that moment in time. Do you have anything you want to say to that? No. <laughs> I mean... You're going to see me move by a lot with no words. <laughs> That's what Holy Spirit does though, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. He touches us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. His word says that there is no word, there is no sound, but yet it's palpable. It's here. It's speaking. All actually, actually in uh, Psalms. Psalms 19. Mm. Psalms, Psalms 19. Mm. Truly, um, Speaking of God's splendor, but God, starting in verse one, God's splendor is a tale that is told 
His testament is written in the stars. Actually, you know what? I like it. Personally. That was in the uh, Passion. And I wrote this out last night because it was so moving um, for me. But uh, the ASV, it says, The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. And it goes on to speak about such things, of the glory of God and how the heavens declare it and how we see it on the earth and how he himself has has set a tabernacle for the sun. And uh, he says, there is no speech nor language. There's Their voice is not heard. Their line has gone out throughout all the earth and their words to the end of the world. In them hath he set a tabernacle for the sun. Words don't always need to be spoken for the glory of God to be revealed. And yet, as kingdom ambassadors, we are to release the will of the Father into the earth. And it begins with submission. Well, you know, Jesus submitted himself to the will of the Father uh, by choosing the path of obedience to go to the cross death. And that submission was all in relation to the purpose and the will of Father for him to become that covenantal lamb. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens that today, that our first recording, that this is the day um, where the nation of Israel is celebrating from Exodus 12 when the lamb was taken into the house while they were living in in Egypt and they would live with that lamb for four days before that blemish-free lamb would become a sacrifice. Mm-hmm. And then you move forward, and Jesus entered into Jerusalem on the back of a colt, the foal of a donkey, on the same day, Nisan 10. So the lamb was brought into the house, Jesus came into Jerusalem, and the purpose for both of them was that they were going to lay down their lives as sinless. Well, you're talking about a tabernacle, Mm -hmm. and we know that Jesus carried in his body the tabernacle. He was the God, man. So he was carrying the fullness of the spirit. No one had ever seen it before. Um, He was going to become the sacrifice in obedience to lay down his life. He was going to become the covenantal blood. And as he did so, he was demonstrating for us that 
He was completely surrendered. Mm-hmm. In that surrender, Bethany, mm-hmm. he went in on the foal of a colt. The very next morning, he got up and he spoke to the tree, the fig tree, that had refused to produce any fruit, and he cursed it. And then he went to the temple, the tabernacle, and he overturned the tables of the money changers. The very next morning. So what we see from this is that he was laying down his life, but the purification begins immediately. Yes. The fig tree as a representative of the religious rules that the nation of Israel had become, had made so many, you couldn't even follow them. He curses that which will not produce any fruit. And he said, there will not be any more fruit on you. He is about ready to make a new and consecrated living way. And then he goes into the temple where the money changers are extorting from the people. They are degradating the very institution that father had set up as an example. And he overturns it. He says, we don't need any of this. You are, you are operating on the wrong side. So that cleansing began before he ever spilled a drop of blood. But he was making a living, a new and living way, a consecrated way, so that you and I could carry and house the fullness of the Spirit. Yes. You know, and that brings me to New Testament that, or is it New Testament where it says, uh, judgment begins at the house of God? Mm-hmm. Yes, that's Paul. And Jesus, you know, he not only displayed, but exemplified what would even be happening. It was a type and shadow of what's even happening now. Mm-hmm. Um, judgment begins at the house of God. And can you imagine the the heart of Jesus carrying the heart of the Father and seeing mm-hmm. and seeing how man had disrupt the original intent? And yet he still, he said, I'm not coming to destroy. I'm coming to fulfill. So he, he took even the brokenness of our own humanity and brought a ability for us to walk as he walked. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's the process we're in even now. And so there is a prophetic picture that we see in the Old Testament, Old Covenant. (coughs) By the time Moses is following Father's instruction and setting up the Aaronic priesthood, the high priest, and I'm speaking to the tabernacle Mm -hmm. that you're talking of earlier. They're connected. Jesus laying down his life. Father set a tabernacle for the Son. Mm. there's a type and shadow picture in Leviticus. This is chapter eight. And 
Moses takes the anointing oil and he anoints the tabernacle and all that was in it to consecrate it. Well, if something's consecrated, it's removed from the use of common. It's no longer everyday common use, but it's set apart for something holy or something special or something purposed on a higher plane. And set unto. Set unto. Set from, but set unto something greater. Yes. Yeah. Purposed for something bigger. So we see that he <clears throat> anoints the objects and he also pours anointing oil on Aaron's head. He consecrated, he set Aaron aside as high priest. He set him aside. You are no longer common. Now you are set unto me to provide a service for me. And if you continue in the chapter of Leviticus 8 to 22 and 23, we see that Moses is called to take the anointing oil and put it on the right earlobe, right thumb, and the right toe of Aaron's being, he and his sons. And one of the characteristics of the month of Nisan <clears throat> that the Hebraic culture honors is that of walking on the right foot or right, walking on the right side, doing things God's holy way. And that stems from relationship because we want to be holy unto him. But when, when this happened with Aaron, let me hear correctly, let my hands work correctly, let me walk in accordance with your laws. It was a type and shadow picture of this earthly tabernacle that we are in, this tent being the place where the Holy Spirit was going to reside in us just like it resided in Jesus. Amen. So Aaron had to yield and subdue his life for a higher purpose. I'm sure when he was in Egypt, he was going, how the heck did I get tangled up in this thing with you, Moses? <laughs> and now here he is, he's set apart. He's set aside. Set unto. Set unto. And it's a picture of who we are in our covenantal walk. We have to be hearing the right thing, putting our hand to God's right thing, right purpose for us, and walking into that purpose that he has for us for the now by surrendering and being obedient, just as Jesus did. Yes. And Jesus only spoke the word of his father. So yet again, as he exemplified such, we do such, and we we carry. Mm. I mean, if we are the habitation of Holy Spirit, you know, the word talks about as we seek after the Lord, we will find him. Mm -hmm. Well, as we seek after the Father, he seeks us even more, mm -hmm. you know, because it's a, it's a communing. It's a communing and he begins to establish 
his name mm-hmm. within us. Mm-hmm. And his name alone is carrying his nature and his character and his authority. So we are set apart to be doing just as Jesus did here and now. It's not something far off. We are we are called to inhabit the name of God. Mm-hmm. And that's that glory from heaven. That glory from heaven begins to become us. Mm-hmm. And then our name reflects his name. Amen. And so, Father, how can I honor you in the sound of my name? What what characteristics of you are being released through the sound of my name when someone hears it? Because we, as inheriting sons, maturing sons in God's house, are set in the tabernacle for the son just as much as those stars and heavens were, except we have the capacity to make sound. We have the capacity to express sound. And we're called as Father's crowning creation to do just that, to release sound in the earth. (laughs) The stars can't speak of his glory. The stars can't proclaim that the king has come. The stars can't proclaim that the gospel of the kingdom is here, but we can. And if we don't, the rocks will fall. That's right. That's right. right. Mm -hmm. But yet, you know, creation is waiting for the expectations, expectation of the son and daughter Mm -hmm. of God to arise. Mm -hmm. We... Mm -hmm. We are what bring them back to the, its original intent. I found this this morning, and it really wowed me. This is out of the Passion Translation. This is Isaiah 11, Ivy. They, they got that Passion one? They got that in mm-hmm. Passion. They do? Mm-hmm. So on the app? They have it on the app, do they? They do have it on an app. It's, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you, it's the Gateway app. So this is what it says. It says, the cutoff stump of Jesse will sprout and a fruitful branch will grow from his roots. There's your tree right there, Laura. The spirit of Yahweh will rest upon him, the spirit of extraordinary wisdom, the spirit of perfect understanding, the spirit of wise strategy, the spirit of mighty power, the spirit of revelation, and the spirit of the fear of Yahweh. He will find his delight in living by the spirit of the fear of the Lord. He will neither judge by appearances nor make his decisions based on rumors. With righteousness, he will uphold justice for the poor and defend the lowly of the earth. His words will be like a scepter of power that conquers the world, and with his breath he will slay the lawless one. Righteousness will be his warrior's sash, and faithfulness his belt. Isn't that good? 
There's so many layers. I mean, that's... <laughs> There's so much in that. Well, and it's even layering back to Psalms 19. Okay, because the, the latter portion of that begins to speak to, to who the Father is. And it says, the law of the Lord is perfect, mm. restoring the soul. The testimony of the Lord is mm. secure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The ordinances of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Mm. I can just hear the layering of, mm-hmm. of both scriptures. But when we had opened in Isaiah 28, this is where my, my eye fell. And mom, you could probably speak more maybe if needed to this chapter, but the previous chapter, Isaiah 27, uh, my eye fell on this. It's, I guess, the second half of verse six. It says, Jacob, take root. Mm. Israel shall blossom and bud, and they shall fill the face of the world with fruit. And when I'm reading that, I, you know, that is spiritual Israel Mm -hmm. we're speaking of now. Mm -hmm. Uh, God's people are blossoming as they surrender to the submission, mm-hmm. as they subdue their self-will, as we subdue the earth, as we subdue the things that pertain unto us under the covenant, the blood that the Father has given us, we it will blossom and the things will blossom and bud and they shall fill the face of the, wor- of the world with fruit. Mm-hmm. So we're not unto the fig tree that bore no fruit. Right. We are bearing fruit 30, 60, 100 fold. And something that to that, when you said the cross-pollination, you can't pollinate unless it's blooming. You can't cross-pollinate unless it's blooming. Amen. It has to be blooming. Amen. (coughs) And to that end, um, the fruit that we are to be bearing is Christ. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He is the seed that comes forth and, and matures within us. So that's the 30, 60, and 100 fold. Amen. Developing and yielding to the nature, the character, and the authority <clears throat> of God produces the image of Christ within us. And then when people see us, they see him. Amen. It's nothing of our own doings. It's nothing, you know, we, there's nothing we can do outside of him that would produce the glory of God. We just carry it. We carry it. We are carriers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So one last thing um, I'll mention, you know, I read this out of the Passion Translation. The cutoff stump of Jesse will sprout and a fruitful branch will grow from his roots. Amen. (laughs) It's what we're talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, You know, the stump of Jesse that was cut off was that, um, that was cut off from the lineage of David. But father had told David that someone would sit on the throne for eternity. And father was going to be honoring his covenant with David 
Well, Jesus became that branch that came forth from Jesse. And we see that Jesus was crowned on his coronation day when <coughs> all the celebration came, the, the outpouring of the Holy Spirit upon mankind so that the glory of God filled the place where they were sitting. Mm -hmm. They were filled with the infilling of the Holy Spirit. And that was Christ now in the earth full. So as you come to know uh, us here on this podcast, Silver Cornerstone, as you get to know the, the, um, the website and, and the teaching ministry that happens through my daughter and I, you will notice that on the side of the Silver Cornerstone logo, there is a vine. <laughs> and that vine is a representative of Jesus Christ, the branch. Out of that covenant obedience of death, he came forward to new life so that we can step into that new life. Selah. Thanks for joining us. May Father have his way each time we gather. And may the presence of the Lord Fill the airwaves, the sound waves that meet you where you are at. And whatever association or understanding you have of the tremendous covenant of God at this juncture in your life, we pray that your understanding will expand, that his covenant will overturn any covenant of death, or any refuge of lie that you might be hiding under and that his life will spring forth so that you yourself become a tabernacle set unto the purpose of Father and set apart for his kingdom purpose because Father has set you in the same way he set the stars as a tabernacle for the sun. He set you in this earth with intention. And he's going to be faithful to his covenant. He's going to be faithful to you. So I adjure you to be faithful to him, allowing his word to wash over you, to purify you, to cleanse you, and to bring you to a place where your righteousness is mirrored as the righteousness of Jesus Christ. Yes, yes so that you're carrying his nature, character, and authority in the earth. It's our prayer for you tonight. Amen. 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 Amen.